The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com t-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Justin Hayward has chalked up over 50 years in the music business as a solo artist and, of course, as the lead singer, guitarist, and songwriter for the legendary Moody Blues. His new single is getting great reviews, and it won't be too long before he is on the road again, as I've got Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee Justin Hayward on the line from the UK. Hi, Jim. How are you? Hi, Justin. Welcome back to the show. I know that you have a long and great relationship with the fans here in Las Vegas. It's always nice talking to you. Oh, a great pleasure. Your new single, Living for Love, good on you. It's really great. It's such a lush orchestral piece. I really loved it. Thank you. I, I, I'm kind of in love with it myself, you know, so um, that's, I'm glad that you share that. Yeah. <laughs> Is this something you had been working on for a while, and will this be part of a, of a bigger project or album in the future? Well, I think I've always got lots of kind of bits in the bottom drawer, and yes, I, of course yeah. I'll be working in the studio and putting things together. And um, at the moment, I, I'm just, I, I love this, I love looking for love. And I think it's a, it's a message that I really want to send to. And, um, you know, young people have so many kind of pressures that nowadays, and so, so much stuff that they have that demands their attention. But I, I'm from a generation that was able to, you know, not have that pressure and be with a kind of loving family and to, to spend my early years just living for love with great music and with with no, none of those kind of distractions. I always get a job, always had a job. I, I'm, I'm kind of reliving those times and thinking how wonderful it would be now if we could go back to particularly our young people to living for love. And that's, I think, what the song is. Well said, by the way. And also, can you imagine the early days of the Moody's, you guys on the road, if there were social media keeping an eye on you constantly 24 hours a day? Oh, well, I can't imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't have got very far. Yeah. No. With the pandemic uh, happening, it kind of slowed people down in terms of concert dates. Do you have solo concert dates coming up, or are you planning a lot of things? Yeah, I, I've been very lucky because I I was my, my American tour was rescheduled a couple of times, but and I managed to be one of the very first artists out with my solo show. Um, with the um, all the way tour last September in the U.S., September and October, and um, then earlier this year, I was part of a, a, a big spectacular show in Britain called the The War of the Worlds, uh, which is um, uh, based on the H.G. Wells story of the War of the Worlds. Right. And um, I did the I did the original version of Forever Autumn, and I was able to do that on stage again as a character in the show which I loved. And then we were back in the U.S. through May and June this year, and I've just, only a couple of days ago, just finished my U.K. tour and just released Living for Love for the U.K. tour, and it's gone down great. And um, everybody loves it, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. Uh, that is good to and hear. I'll be out again next... Hey, hey Jim, I'll be out, I'll be out again next... 
January anyway in the U.S. Oh, good, good. Well, we look forward to having you here in Las Vegas, hopefully. In the early days, Melody Maker put out this ad. It's one that you answered, and it led to you becoming part of the Moody Blues. I seem to recall Eric Burden kind of playing a part in that in some way, that he passed on your name to Mike Pinder. Exactly. uh, Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And I wrote to... Eric was looking for musicians, and um, I sent a load of my songs because really I was trying to get people to do my songs. And I thought, oh, oh, great. So I answered a lot of ads where I would send off my demos. And I sent off some songs to Eric and also say, oh, and by the way, I'm a guitar player. You know, so kind of thing. <laughs> and um, I heard nothing back from Eric. I know Eric since, but I heard nothing back from Eric then. But I did hear from Mike Pinder of the Moody Blues. I was in a music shop in my hometown. I was already a professional musician, and um, but I was in a music shop in my hometown, and the guy behind the counter said, Hey, there's a call from you. Some guy from the Moody Blues, and a group called the Moody Blues. And then, um, yes, I, uh, Mike said, Oh, I've heard your stuff. Eric passed it to me. I really like it. Let, let you know, come up to London. Let's get together. And and we did. And um, Jim, I had an amplifier, so I had more than they had. So I was it. You know, <laughs> into my amp. Yeah, and I know that uh, Denny Lane had left the band, and with him, basically the rhythm and blues feel of of the band kind of left with him, right? I mean, you guys were interested in going in another direction anyway. Yeah, I think the purpose of Mike really calling me was that he was writing, but it, it didn't fit into that rhythm and blues kind of image. And, and Danny and Clint Warwick, the original bass player at that. And it was such a short-lived sort of... Um, the group was put together in 65 by some managers, and um, it was kind of just, it was all over so quick for, for, the, uh, for, for, the, for, for Danny and for Clint. And, the, and they left, and um, yeah, I, I think, you know, to be quite honest, I was lousy at singing rhythm and blues, so we had to do something <laughs> else. And, and um, so we found our own identity and direction, and with Days of Future Past and uh-huh. in white satin Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. So we, we were, suddenly people started liking what we were doing. Then we were on our way. How essential was the Mellotron as far as the band and, and Mike Pinder and him putting that on his songs and your songs? That played a big role, did it not, in Days of Future Past? Totally. The, the Mellotron is an instrument before uh, that, before... Um, synthesizers have the sound orchestral sounds in it very difficult to play because you you only had eight seconds with each sound so you had to roll your hands over the keyboard but mike had worked knew about this instrument and had worked for mellotronics as an engineer for a while before he was a musician and um it was, it was actually a sound effects machine really but if you took threw away all the sound effects and just kept the orchestral sounds it had a really kind of ethereal sound. And when Mike, we found one in a club up in the Midlands in England. We paid £25 for it. And we took it back to, well, to down to London. And it just made my songs work. It made them work. And it's, it, everything just seemed to fall into place. And it's, yeah, it's the sound of Nights in White Satin. 
on Tuesday afternoon, and the Mellotron made it happen. And I mean, you guys are recording Days of Future Past. It's like 1967 at the DECA Studios. And you're just down the road from Abbey Road Studios, where the Beatles were working on this little-known album called Sgt. Pepper. Did the Moody's have a relationship with the Beatles? Did you run into those guys often in those days? Well, the the, the sort of swinging London music scene was a very uh, quite small only a few hundred people, so you ran into everybody. Kind of everybody knew everybody. And I was lucky enough to be a guitar player before I joined the Moody Blues with a rock and roll singer called Marty Wilde. And that, so I was living in London at that time anyway. But after I left Marty, I went back home. You know, I ran out of money. And that's when Mike Binder called me. But I was always being able to be in London. So, yes, and... Mike was the one, though, who was able to just walk down to Abbey Road and, hey, and walk in and, uh-huh. um, and so, so have a little turn on, and that, that was nice. But like I say, everybody knew everybody. But, but I think Decca was the most wonderful record co- It was the best record company because of the way they recorded stuff. And we, we, they didn't record with the drums on the left, their version of stereo or the, or the vocals on the right. They, they liked it huge stereo spread yes and that's the way to record for me and that's the, that's those are the rules i've always kept to over all of these years and i think when fm radio came along that's why the moody stuff was so perfect for it yeah and i remember those early albums just immaculately recorded just amazing and uh of course justin hayward's new single living for love it's at itunes and all the other platforms and hopefully we'll get you back here in Las Vegas soon. Always nice catching up with you, Justin. Good good luck with everything going forward. Thank you so much, Jim. Lots, lots of love. I'm, I'll be out here, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing you. And, you know, the Moody Blues continued to tour for decades. They were real road dogs. And if you have a chance to see Justin Hayward live, it's a must-see show. He always delivers. That does it for this episode of the Fake Show Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.